This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Life is full of awesome what-ifs, and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at UH1.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Afternoon, Cherries fans, and welcome to this latest show here on Up the Cherries in all departments. Now, you'll already know that we have already done our preview show for the Nottingham Forest game. However, there's been a little bit of a change in Nottingham. And, of course, Steve Cooper has left the club and has been replaced by Nuno Espirito Santo, um, formerly of Wolves and Spurs fame. So what I wanted to do was find out a little bit more about how the Forest fans are feeling about this. And to discuss this very subject, it is a pleasure to welcome on from the Red Side of the Trent podcast, Adam. Welcome onto the show, Adam. How are you doing? Yeah, not too bad. Thank you for having me, Craig. Not a problem at all. Not a problem at all. Of course, we have already done the preview for this game, but there has been a bit of a change. And what I wanted to do was get your thoughts on this, because Steve Cooper, the man that got you from the relegation zone in the Championship to the Premier League, kept you up last season has been sacked, and the man coming in, and I always butcher his name, so apologies to him in advance, uh, Nuno Espirito Santo is rumoured to be coming in. So, firstly, uh, let's look at Steve Cooper. Um, How do you feel that he's done at Nottingham Forest? Because from the outside, looking in, and of course, knowing that because we promoted together, um, we had that dramatic game, of course, <laughs> where we won promotion, um, could have gone the other way, of course, that game as well. But from the outside looking in, I think he's done a fantastic job. Yeah, I thought he completely defied all odds, taking us from the bottom of the championship to running Bournemouth close to a to a automatic place getting us through the playoffs something that is a bit of a it's a a sore a sore topic in the in Forest's past so he completely like changed the mentality in term in, in all aspects of of actually winning and believing in ourselves and a togetherness and then I don't think any manager in the rest of the footballing world will ever do what what he did in terms of have 30 new players. Yes, he didn't use all 30. That Some of them went out on loan straight away or didn't even actually play. Someone like Loic Bade, who actually ended up going to win the Europa League with uh, Sofia in the in the summer uh, or the spring, should I say. Um, 
So yeah, 30, 30 players. I don't think any other manager will get that and have to kind of deal with that situation with such a short turnaround in the summer because of the World Cup in the winter and and keep us up. Um, I, you can't really like say that he did a bad job at all because he defied all odds. With the, Every pundit media outlet had us, and Bournemouth, I include Bournemouth in that, to go back down straight away um, after that season getting promoted. So for him to not only take us up and then get us and keep us in there with against all odds, he's done an absolutely unbelievable job, completely overachieved in all honesty. I think when we took over in the championship, it was like just, just solidify us and, and keep us up. Never mind get us promoted. Um, so, yeah, I think it's been a whirlwind. It, it's kind of like he almost did too well too soon, really. In, 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 a, in a weird way, if you want to step back a little bit. But he, he, he's been brilliant for us. I can't thank him enough from a personal point of view. I've never been to Wembley. to watch, I, I was never going to go watch actual football at Wembley unless it was with Forrest. I've been to watch the American football there. So <laughs> he, he gave me something that I didn't think I'd ever get and then see Premier League football, which I didn't think I'd see because I don't count in the 90s. I was too young to even comprehend what even football was back then. Um, so I, can't, I don't count that. Um, so yeah, he he was brilliant. I, I I think like he put his heart and soul into the job, but I think it was time to go with the form. I mentioned to you on our podcast, Craig, it was one win in thirteen, and no manager can survive that. I mean, even Pep Guardiola's getting stick. They've won one in six games, and they've won, and and they're still near the top of the league. And he's getting like kind of media going, oh, can they make top four? Of course they can make top four. It's bloody Man City. Yeah. And it's Pep Guardiola. He's the, he's the best manager in the in in the game. Uh, so yeah, um, yeah. It was time for Cooper to move on. Unfortunately, whether it was going to happen before this winter break or or, or what, it was always going to be a difficult decision to be made by the ownership. But I think the right one at at, at this present moment. One thing, though, I want to ask you, and um, of course, I spoke to Matt about this because there was rumours and we thought that this would be his last game. Of course, he, he didn't reach the Bournemouth game, of course, this weekend, but it has probably gone under the radar a lot more this season. But there has been, again, a lot of incomings and outgoings in Nottingham Forest. And... The thing is, is at the end of last season, it looked like he had pretty much got it together because, of course, you beat Arsenal as well, went on a decent run of form, you know, stayed clear of trouble at the end um, by quite some way. But the thing is, is, it seems like he's had to kind of rebuild it again because of mm. the amount of incomings. Yeah, I think it was difficult for him in the summer again because, like, we lost both goalkeepers. We wanted to sign Dean Henderson. Man United were were playing very hard ball, but so were Forrest in that sense. And I think that's because we knew the extent of his injury. Like Pat, he played for Palace right near the start of the season after coming back and did the same injury. And he's only just come back last weekend against City and looked like he played pretty well by the looks of it. They got a two-two draw, of course. Uh, Kalo Navas went back. We was never going to sign him. He was like ne- nearly closer to forty. So I don't see the point. So we had to sign two goalkeepers there. We couldn't keep Renan Lodi because he was going to cost us too much at left wing backs. So we couldn't keep him. We um, who else did we lose? 
on loan. I can't even remember. We've had <laughs> when you have that many players, you lose track, especially of all the rubbish ones. Like yeah, Shelby left, Ayu left. God, the, the the list will be longer than my arm. So yeah, um, the players we brought in though were all like, linked with us during the summer, apart from maybe Matt Turner. He was probably the one that came kind of came out of the blue, and we signed him immediately. And within the next day, he was playing against Arsenal, his old club, which I, I think it must be one of the first times that's happened where you sign a player within a day, they're playing against the, the team they've just come from. But yeah, so all the targets were linked with us throughout the summer and were looked like like his signings almost or recruitment signings. So you kind of think, well, we've gave you now all the tools to go out there and make us a progressive team and try and get us more on the front foot rather than playing on the counter-attack. But it's just, I don't think it's just quite clicks for him. He's, he, he Steve Cooper hasn't helped himself either with this. Mm-hmm. He's chopped and changed so many times. I think we've had like we've had five captains this season. I think we've had like six or seven different center half pairings, it seems, or whether it's a two or a three. Do you know what I mean? It's such, like been such a different mixture every time. Changing fullbacks nearly every game. Players getting injured. Tyro Wunyan getting injured has been an absolute it's like Taking the, I don't know how you take. It's like taking the engine out of your car almost. You just can't do without, and and that's a recruitment and a Cooper issue itself because we've not bought adequate backup for one time when you'd get injured or when eventually he's actually going to go to Afcon anyway. Yeah. Divock Origi and Chris Wood haven't been given the service or the system to really flourish. So Steve Cooper didn't help himself at times in the end either because he couldn't identify a system and a way of playing to get the best out of what we've got. And we've arguably got a better team. I really, truly believe that. Some fans will tell me I'm ludicrous, but I do believe that. Well, I think the Forest team have got a lot of quality. And I think, you know, Steve Cooper would have got it right again. But of course, Maranakis has made the decision. We'll come back on to him in a moment. But... As you probably have seen, um, Fabrizio Romano broke this yesterday, is that Nuno Espirito Santo, I still haven't said it right. Um, <laughs> I think that was right. <laughs> was that right, was it? That's probably I think the so. That's how I'd it say right. it. Yeah. <laughs> is the man that Maranakis is looking at. Now, the one big question for you, though, is that, as we know, um Santo Santo, let's call him Santo, Nuno Santo. Um <laughs> he was a success at Wolves, not so much when he went to Spurs. And the main reason why I you know want to bring this up is I think that he had a lot of control at Wolves on who he bought in. He had a super agent as well, as which we know of, you know, who was able to, you know, source him the best players, best Portuguese players out there. Um, and he bought in who he wanted. I don't think it happened at Spurs. Will that happen at Nottingham Forest? Difficult to say, isn't it? George Mendes has worked with Maranakis <laughs> before and is actually meant to be quite a close compatriot of his. So yeah. they're not unfamiliar with each other. It can be a bit of a recipe for disaster because George Mendes represents that many players. They're not all going to be good, are they? Some of them no. are going to be absolute guff, and we've had some guff from him. So um, hopefully not this time. Uh, it's really it's really funny because 
I, I was quite underwhelmed with the the link with with Nuno. He wasn't someone that I was kind of looking at and going, yeah, we'll have him because he's been managing in Saudi Arabia now. But then I've took time to kind of take a step back and read a few articles on him, and it seems like he's gone away from the game and kind of learned from his mistakes at Tottenham and maybe the back end of his Wolves career where he stopped scoring goals. And and that, I think that's down to, I mean, people forget Raul Jimenez had that horrible, horrible head injury. And yeah. he was scoring plenty of goals for Wolves before that and, and then never really got back to it. Um, and I think that really like hurt the way how Nuno set his teams up at, at, at that time, like get the ball into a big man and get players running off him. It looks like in Saudi Arabia, he's gone to like make some changes in the style of football. And he's kind of took that time in Saudi Arabia to kind of experiment with that style of his game. So maybe that's what he's gone to do because... He didn't have an opportunity elsewhere and he could earn a few few quid or, or so because they pay ludicrous money. So yeah. I'm hoping he kind of brings that new new style with with the old that he had at Wolves because he was successful. He got two seventh place finishes and took him to a quarterfinals of the Europa League. That's nothing to be to 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 be snubbed at, really. So hopefully uh, we do need I don't think we need much in January people will think oh yeah we're going to spend loads of money I don't think we've got the money to actually spend but we definitely do need a winger and a striker because yeah. as I said Tywo's out till February AFCON was happening anyway and I don't think Wood Chris Wood especially is not going to suit us how we play Origi might but Origi's not had much opportunity to actually prove himself so yeah, I don't think we need much. We just we're, it, under Cooper, it was always teething problems, and then we started to lose games more and more, and it just seemed to knock everyone's confidence, and people didn't seem to be running for him anymore. So I, I don't think we're actually that far off. I just think Cooper wasn't. He was he was panicking almost, and kind of trying. He was getting desperate. I think with it. See what's interesting as well. And you mentioned there about money available. Um, you know, I've had a look at the Nottingham Forest website, and one of the things is about Maranakis um, bolstering the club with further debt to equity conversion. Now, I'm not a financial person. I'm going to be completely honest, Adam. I'm not a financial am I. <laughs> <laughs> but what this kind of says so it says Nottingham Forest owner M. Evangelos Maranakis. Evangelos. Evangelos, I will say that right. You know, it's all these difficult names to say, isn't it? Has made a further financial commitment to the club with the conversion of £11 million worth of loans into shares for the financial year of 22-23. And then the further financial commitment um, from the owner relieves the financial burden on the club and underscores... um, Maranakis's continued dedication to club success. Um, and it says also, and this is the interesting bit, the move forms part of the club's financial process for 22-23 accounts. Details of the arrangement have been submitted to Company's House. Now, that indicates to me, you know, looking from, again, the outside looking in, and that he has kind of restructured some debts or some loans or whatever it should be to give the club some money to spend in the January window. So maybe this was on the cards as soon as that was all put through. But 
you know, going on to Maranakis, you know, he has backed Steve Cooper. He has backed Steve Cooper to the hill. Um, you know, will he back Nuno? And will Nuno expect to be backed considering what he's seen? Uh, Maranakis has backed every single manager we've had since yeah. I talk Karankar. He's backed every manager. We we must have had the biggest influx and outflux of players known to man um, yeah. since his his reign. Um, so yeah, I mean, I I can't imagine Nuno Espirito Santo coming into this job uh, with his eyes closed as such because people mm. are saying, oh yeah, how is he going to? He 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 might have known about this for a while. Um, that he he could be coming in. I would have expected he's been watching game tapes in 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 his in his home or wherever he he's based, um, getting to know how we play, who 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 he might fancy in terms of playing, etc. So, and 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 what he might want to do in January. So, I I'd expect Maranakis to back him if he can. Um, I know. When we sold Brennan Johnson to Tottenham for for forty seven million in the summer, that Tottenham were going to be paying in instalments, but instead we actually took that money back as a loan, and then Tottenham essentially paid the loan off. So maybe that gives us a little bit of uh, leeway that in in that sense. But yeah, like I said, I don't think we need too much. We need like we like I said, striker, a winger. I I can't see us needing much more than that. And if 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 Nuno needs two free players, then that that'd be great. And and I I, I wouldn't be surprised if Maranakis does back him. It, it's going to be an interesting January because we've had so many players. We've had two wing backs come out on loan and barely played in Montiel and Tavares. Uh, Andre Santos come from Chelsea is a really highly rated young Brazilian kid, and he's he's kicked kicked the ball maybe twice against Burnley in the League Cup. I mean. Yeah. So, so Nuno might have a completely different look on, on the team and go, well, I fancy him. And, and they might get their chance. It's going to be, it's an interesting one. And I kind of kind of see why we've got him in for these three games because it's three games, really close proximity. He's going to, he's going to see a lot of, a lot of information in front of him before having a winter break where you get what, two or three weeks off, is it? With an FA Cup yes. that game there crammed in the, at some point. <laughs> he, he's going to, he's going to find out pretty quickly, I think. There is another thing as well that comes to mind, and of course, is that has George Mendes, because of course he represents Nuno, has George Mendes gone to Evangelos and said, Look, Evangelos, bring him on board, bring Nuno on board. You know, has George Mendes controlled this change in manager, you know, and the other side of this as well is how dangerous is that to have a super agent? Because we've seen it with um, West Ham, wasn't it? It was um, Kia. I'm going to struggle. Yeah, I can't say his last name. Yeah, yeah. Juba Rachain or something. Yeah, yeah. He he represents like Pogba and Mascherano Tevez, wasn't it? That was that was that deal. Yes. Yeah. And of course, these super agents having too much of an input into one club can also be dangerous because the chairman get taken for a little bit of a ride. Are you worried about this? Um. Hold up. 
What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Picture the scene. All of your mates around, you've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Partner this with your team playing champagne football. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. There's nothing quite like a McDelivery. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Difficult to say. It, it, it's difficult if if George Mendes has had that such an influence on Maranakis. Maranakis is a very smart person. I don't deny that because... He he should have pulled the tr- he could have pulled the trigger in the last five games really he could have he should have probably pulled it after Fulham yeah. I think if the fans hadn't sang Cooper's name then I think he'd have like more or less been judge and executioner there and then at Craven Cottage if he could have been but the problem is Cooper's got such a he had such a good reputation with with supporters for being like a man of the people it's quite, probably quite a difficult time because like Maranakis is is going to be He'd either be a hero or a villain. There's no in between now with with Nuno. I feel so sorry for him. I don't envy the bloke having to come in and replace Steve Cooper because it was going to happen with with anyone regardless. It could have been we could have reincarnated Brian Clough. It would have been difficult. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Um. So yeah, I I I'm I feel sorry for. I don't know if George Mendes has has that much of an influence on him. I I can't really imagine Maranac as being someone to be. Influence that easily. Have you ever have you seen him? He's he's quite a scary looking bloke. Oh yeah, one of the best of Yeah, yeah. He he lost his temper, didn't he, after that Fulham game as well? And he threw his pass somewhere in um, a bush. Yeah, in a <laughs> bush because somebody found it, didn't they? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, I, I can and I can't. It's it's really difficult. I think if George Mendes was going to influence anyone, it'd be his son, who's got quite a uh, a high role within the club. But yeah. we had Steve Cooper. At, at, at a point from from a Swansea side where it was like garden leave, but I don't know if that was because we had the CEO Day Murphy at the time, and and he basically got the choice or what. So I don't know if it's come from George Mendes, Maranakis, or or Ross Wilson, or or who at the club. I I could not tell you. Our club is, I think, from the outside, you'd probably say it's a mess, and I think most Forest fans would agree. But we just kind of put that in the corner. <laughs> so. it's, it's organized chaos that's how i would like to put it oh so, yeah yeah completely yeah, i think he's got a plan i think he's got something that he's doing you know the olympiacos you know and one thing i did bring up with matt the other day was the situation where like effectively parent clubs and sister clubs and th- that multi-club model which we're going into as well um I think he's got that down to a T. I think he's got that down to a T where he's loaning players out to Olympiacos. He isn't really coming under too much a spotlight, whereas Newcastle and Man City are, and potentially ourselves in the long run. Um, So I think he's got some sort of plan, but still it looks like chaos, but I think it's organised in Maranakis's head. Let's go on to this game because... The city ground now, you know, I expected everybody to be right behind Steve Cooper 
this weekend. Of course, Steve Cooper is no longer there. So, is there going to be anger, you know, aimed at Maranakis? And how difficult is it going to be if Nuno can't get off to a decent start against us? Because, like I've said, you've got the players. Mm. Uh, yeah, it's going to be difficult. I think, like you said, if Cooper was in charge, I think the atmosphere would have been right up because I think people would think, right, this is the last throw of the dice. And if this is going to be it, let's let's get right behind him. Hopefully he'll pull a win out of his backside and, and maybe he'll stick around for the Christmas period at least. Now, for, for me, I'd... <laughs> If I went and asked every single Forest fan what what they thought, and then said, "Well, we've only won one in 13, I think people would go, "Oh yeah, true," and and like, and then be like, "Oh, how can any manager survive doing that? It's bloody stupid." In any league, it doesn't matter if you're playing Sunday League or the Premier League. One in yeah. 13 is not good enough. It's not good enough for this division, especially like the the the, the start of the season. Everyone's like expectations were probably too high. I, I'd I'd I've, I thought like lower mid table would be would be a good progress, but because of the money we spend, we spent when you only spend thirty five million on a centre midfielder, you kind of go, oh yeah, we should be right up there now. It doesn't work like that. Football, football is a it can be a cruel game at times, um, yeah. very misleading. So I think that's what happened. So I would like to think Forest fans will be it'll be I think it'll be very mixed. But if Nuno comes out and the team really give it a good go against Bournemouth. We look like we're trying to get on the front foot. We pepper your goal at least a little bit. If we lost 1-0 and we pe- and Neto had to make four or five good saves, we said this on our podcast, mm-hmm. I think fans would walk away and go, that was all right, that was, because it's not been like that. Like Vicario made one save on Friday night and that was when Tottenham were down to 10 men. Oh no, two saves, yeah. sorry. But second save where he had to pull, it, pull one out of the bag was when they were down to 10 men. So... If I'm Nuno Espirito Santo, I'm I'm going full guns blazing on on Saturday. I'm playing four two three one. I'm playing high press. I'm playing high high intensity football. Say to the players, "Look, I've not seen much of you, but let's go and express yourselves and let's get the let's get this this crowd off their seats and excited again." Because I think that's one way to win a crowd over. And if you if you if you go down swinging, what more can you ask for? Really, we was going down swinging with Cooper. And losing football matches without with a whimper more than anything against Tottenham, we 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 tried hard, but we didn't lay a glove on them. Essentially, uh, we didn't lay a glove on Everton, but uh, Fulham, nothing, absolutely abys- abysmal, as as we called it. You called it much worse. <laughs> yeah, it 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 was. I, I've got to be honest, it was shit. Yeah, it was, it was really shit. really poor. Yeah, and. You know, I was I was like with you. I was surprised that you know, if he was going to pull the trigger, I was surprised it wasn't after that game. But mm. I think that there was you know flourishes against Spurs that you know did make me think, right, okay, he's probably going to get this game um, at the time. And even you know going into Sunday, you know, after all the weekend's games were finished, it was like. Yeah, I think, you know, Steve Cooper will be there. But it probably is going to be the last chance alone. Um, but it wasn't to be. I do this with everybody I have on. Um, and it'll be quite interesting to actually hear, do this a little bit differently, what you think the score was going to be with Cooper in charge. 
So if this hadn't have happened, so what do you think the score would be now? Um, so, so I said on our part, if Cooper was in charge, we'd lose three one. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, without knowing what Nuno is going to do, but we know how he's played previously with with Wolves and Spurs, so you know we could be quite defensively astute. It could be a lot closer. It's it's going to be really interesting and a kind of like until you see the lineup on Saturday, you don't know what his intentions are going to be. I would I'd probably take a draw right now and say one one because of the new manager bounce and players have got to make an impact and a an impression in such a short space of time. I'm sure people might run the extra mile or or so on the GPS tracker or something, but Bournemouth for flying. Like you're playing really, really well. All your attackers are on it, and I'm, I'm not, I'm, I'm not naive to think that you can't harm us. You're a bogey side for a reason as well. Um, (laughs) Bring back Matty Fright and a Sombolonga, we might beat you. (laughs) Um, um, Yeah, um, I I think it'll be a close game, but it. It depends how he how how Nuno goes about it. If he's the man to be in the dugout on on Saturday, if he if he really wants to, if he goes for it, then then it could be a really good game. Especially if the crowd go, oh bloody hell, we're we're, we're flying out the traps, then they might get behind the manager. It's, but yeah, um, I'm going to say one one with with Nuno in charge, but three one if if Cooper was because we'd sit back too much, I think. See, this is weird for me because I actually have gone the other way. And it might sound even weirder when I explain, yeah, we are a bogey side to Nottingham Forest. We've got a fantastic record at the city grounds. Um, you know, we, of course, we won that very, very vital game at the end of the 21-22 season. Um, and personally, I don't think that, you know, Steve Cooper had lost a change of rim at all. Mm. I don't think he had lost it. I think maybe, you know, tactically in some places he was maybe a little bit naive. Maybe it took a little bit longer to get going, but he has had to cope with more changes than any other manager in the Premier League. You you name a team that have had to, you know, cope with as many incomings and outgoings. Um, I don't think there is one. I don't think there is one. I think, you know, Forrest have, you know, probably had more incomings and outgoings than a lot of Premier League teams have in five, six, seven years. Yes. Um so I'd I'd agree with that. And it's 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 unhealthy for any football club. Yeah. Um it needs it needs really it needs sorting out. Uh I, I'm I'm hoping Nuno's the man that can kind of streamline that and and, and help solidify that. But He's he's gonna have to be given time and gonna have to get support from the from the crowd. Um, like I say, but football football moves really fast. If we win, if we beat Bournemouth and then maybe I I probably say we will lose to Newcastle, but then got a point against Man United. I know you said they're, they're rubbish, Man United. I know they're rubbish, but mm-hmm. if they forgot a point there, then people will go well, Steve Cooper. Who? Do you know what I mean? It, f- football fans are so fickle. It's unbelievable. Yeah. Especially me, you know, who was turning around and saying, yeah, yeah, we should get rid of Andoni Iriola. I just don't think he's going to work. He's not got it. To... And then all of a sudden he's, you know, got on this amazing run and it's all come together. It's just all clicked at the right time. And you think, and then I'm turning around and going, 
yeah, he's outstanding. This is amazing. <laughs> this is brilliant. The football, to be honest, even back when we weren't playing particularly well, you know, the Everton game, you know, was shocking. Probably one of the worst games, apart from that Liverpool 9-0 thrashing that we've played in the Premier League, by far. Mm. I can't think of any worse than that. Um, but there was glimmers. Chelsea at home. West Ham at home, there was glimmers of it. You know, the first half against Brighton at the Amex, I think it's all just come together now. Um, But personally, I'm going to go the other way because even though Steve Cooper's got a rubbish record against us and, you know, of course, Forrest have got a rubbish record against us, I think Steve Cooper would have got those players fired up knowing it was the last chance to Might not have beaten us because of the form we're on, but I think he would have got a draw. The situation as I see it now is Nuno, you know, I would hope, as a, if, if I was a Forest fan, I would hope that he would be taking training tomorrow hmm. ready for Saturday's match. Yeah. If, you know... And I think even then, that's too short a time. It's probably not going to pan out that way. It's probably going to be that he gets appointed tomorrow at some point, takes training on Thursday, or even worse, Friday. And even though you will get that new manager bounce, I don't think it'll be against us. Mm. And I think we'll come away from the city ground with three points. And it's really, you know, Nuno has got a fantastic record against us. This is what's really <laughs> weird about this. But I see it as that he probably hasn't got enough time to work with these players. And he's got a big squad to go, right, OK. And a talented squad to figure out, right, what do I do with this side? You know, he's been watching the videos, but there's nothing more. It's nothing, be- you know, better than getting to grips with those players and knowing what they can actually do or if he changes the system, what they can bring in those positions. When we went from Scott Parker to Gary O'Neill, it was seamless because Gary knew those players from training sessions. Mm. Of course, Nuno hasn't got that. Yeah. It depends if, like, I, I don't know who's going to follow Cooper out the door, whether Stephen Reid and Andy Reid kind of join him or, or what. Um, it's it's going to be a tricky one, but... We'll, we'll bloody we'll see. I don't, it's yeah. I I know where you're coming from. Absolutely. I mean, but if we got four points out of the next out from the next nine available against any of the next three, it's still a good return. It would be very very forest. I said this to you on our podcast. Lose to Bournemouth and get four points off Newcastle and Man United. It. I think like every club has that yeah. that little. It would be sowers moment, don't they? So yeah. Um, tough game. I think. It, it, it's even tough for Bournemouth because you don't know how we're going to go, but you know what your system is. At least this is what I'm saying. Yeah. This is what I was going to say to you, actually, Craig. Like you, you were losing them games, but you said you you always saw something in in the performances, even though you were losing or drawing. We were losing and drawing, and I couldn't tell you uh, like wh- where we were going in any of those performances. I couldn't tell you if it was a, a possession side, a counter attacking side. It was very very difficult to say what was we trying to do in terms of build-up or, or anything like that? 
And I think people really fail to see that sometimes, that there's a lot more of a bigger scope than just losing football matches. It's how you're losing them. Yeah. Um, so at least with 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 Andone, it sounded like he was losing them in the in the manner he wanted to lose them in, in a sense to then now get you clicking. Because like you said on our pod, a few things he's changed, little alterations, bing, bang, bong, you've started to win football matches. I think it's the directness that, you know, he's changed. And by going more direct, that's where these results have come again from. You know, when when we went up to Everton and watching that game, it was as if he hadn't really researched anything about Everton. Of course, Sean Dyche team, it's not attractive football. It's bloody horrible. Um, you know, Everton are becoming a bit of a Burnley, um, which actually, you know, when I think back to it, isn't particularly a great thing for them in the long run, because when Sean Dyche eventually does leave, they're stuck in that situation. That's what happened with Burnley and why they got relegated, I think, that season. Um, But personally, I, I, I honestly, that was one of the most shocking performances, but I think now he's hit, he, he's got this style of football that works. He's got this style of football that works. And, of course, having this assistant with him, you know, is really vital. And I guess even though, you know, Cooper's men have done very, very well at Forest, Nuno's going to want his own people as well, isn't he? Of course he is, yeah. I mean, I heard someone, I think a Wolves fan actually say, the reason it didn't really work out for him at Tottenham is because he didn't, he wasn't allowed all his backroom staff that he would normally have. He's, he apparently he's like got like eight trusted people in his team that obviously make the things tick at, at the football club or whatever, and that's why it was so successful at Wolves for such a long time. So yeah, Nuno's going to bring his own people. That's that's just the way of football and football managers. They always do the same. It's look at look at you mentioned Eddie Howe on our podcast and Jason Tindall. It's like the joined at the hip. So say yeah. it's it's always a duo. There's no football managers aren't just that one person. There's always people around them that that make the team or they couldn't do it on their own. It's impossible. It's too too big a job uh, nowadays. So yeah, I'm 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 intrigued. I'm excited in a way, and I'm also apprehensive. I'm I'm feeling all, all of the feelings. Uh, <laughs> uh, the roller coaster of being a football fan, eh? Well, exactly. Well, I think Nuno is a good manager, you know, and I hope he does get it right for you guys. Um, because even though they're not this that, weekend, that's what you're saying. Yeah, though, yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. You'll get, you'll get, you know, four points. You might even get six points from the following two, but just not it. this weekend. <laughs> well, you know, Newcastle's the harder of the two tip games. I can assure you that. <laughs> but, I, I agree. I agree. <laughs> But Adam, before you go, do tell everybody where they can find the Red Side of the Trent podcast. Um, so we're on YouTube. We've, we came on YouTube this season uh, on Spotify, Apple. We're on the TalkSport network like yourself. Uh, and then at Twitter or X, you want to call it, we're just at Red Side Trent. Um, so, yeah, check us out. Um, Craig, you're on our podcast. So come on over, hear what, hear what all the lovely insights you gave our fans as well. Yeah, definitely. And the link is below. So please do go and subscribe to the guys. Fantastic channel. And Adam, like I say, all the very, very best for the rest of the season. Just not <laughs> just not this weekend. Thank you, Craig. Thanks for having me. And uh, same to you. Yeah, thank you so much. <laughs> nice one. 
and thank you everybody for joining us please remember to hit the like the subscribe the bell button below to be alerted to any new videos we do here on up the cherries and all departments please also do check out our opposition preview show with matt shepherdson that is also linked here in the corner um also you will find lots and lots and lots of interviews any Forest fans that do want to watch our preview last season with a former goalkeeper, go back and find it. Um, it's a really, really interesting one with Mark Crosley, of course. Um, we've also had lots of people on here like Nick Owen, Professor Brian Cox, Stefan Rodri, Simon Day, lots more as well. So please, please do check out all of our shows. Until the next one, up the cherries. We'll see you in the next show. Thank you for joining us. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See McDonald's.com. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.